The following recording is from the previous cycle. Today's daf is Kedushin daf Ayin, and we are six lines from the bottom of daf Samach So yesterday we began the last parak in Sechtes Kedushin, the last parak in Seder Noshim, Perik Asor Yuchsen. Perik picks up where Perik Oimer ended off, and that is it talks about different yichus-related issues that can come from an illicit marriage. Specifically, it discusses the tkufa at the end of Golas Bavel, right in the beginning of Bayasheni, when Ezra Soifer led the Yidin up to Eretz Yisrael, and he took many Yidin with him, and he divided the Yidin in Bavel into ten classes before he went up, and he took them with him to Bavel. Asara yuchsen olomi Bavel. And the Mishnah goes on to describe what these ten classes were. Kehanim, Levim, Yisraelim, Chalolim, Geirim, Charurim, that's an Evet Knani, that's Meshuchar, Mamzeri, Nesini, Shtuki, Ve'asufi. As far as the rest of the story, what exactly was going on, and why Ezra felt that before he went up to Eretz Yisrael, he had to divide the Yidin into these classes and take many of the Yidin with him. So we saw a glimpse of it in the Gemara, but it's important to understand a little bit of the background, just to get a little color, a little bit of an appreciation of what was going on. We know that Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army destroyed the first base on Mikdash. Naturally, after they destroyed the base on Mikdash, they took many Yidin with them to Bavel. That's where he lived. He took them as slaves. And the Yidin went from living in Eretz Yisrael to living in Bavel, to the point where several years after Churban Beis on Mikdash, there were no Yidin living in Eretz Yisrael. Gedal Yid Ben was killed. That was the nail in the coffin, so to speak, as the Yishuv of Eretz Yisrael was concerned, and the Yidin were living in Bava. That Golos was a finite Golos. The Yidin had already known that one day the Melech of Bava would destroy the Beis HaMikdash. Yirmiyoh HaNavi had prophesied Yeshayah HaNavi many years before that had prophesied. The Yidin knew they were going to go to Golos and Bava, and they were going to be there for a fixed amount of time. The amount of time that they were going to be there was going to be 70 years. 70 years or so from when Nebuchadnezzar initially descended upon Eretz Yisrael and took the first Yidin with him to Golos, his own kingdom was overthrown. It was overthrown by a joint venture between the Persians and the Medes. Poras After the Persians and the Medes overthrew the kingdom of Bava, they became king. And Koresh, who was the king of Persia at the time, now replaced the Melech of Bavel. He is the king of the world. He was Moshe, the keeper, so to speak. He was the one that was calling the shots. Koresh goes down in history. He's known as Cyrus the Great. And the truth is, even the Gemara says, Koresh, because he was a Melech Kasher, and he did very good things. Sefer Ezra begins with Melech Koresh becoming king, and in the first year of his Malchus, he announces, he proclaims that all the Yidin that are living in exile because of the Beis HaMikdash that was destroyed and because of the Churban that was caused by Nebuchadnezzar, if they want, they have Rishus to go up to Eretz Yisrael, they can make an Aliyah, they can rebuild the Beis HaMikdash and go back to their days of glory. Not just that, he gave them money, he gave them Chizik, he returned the Kalim of the Beis HaMikdash that had temporarily been kidnapped by Nebuchadnezzar. The Yidin now have permission to go up to Eretz Yisrael. Amazingly, despite what you would have thought, most Yidin didn't go. In fact, the Psukim in the beginning of Sefer Ezra say there were 42,360, I believe that's the number, of Yidin that decided to make Aliyah and actually heed the call of Kairish. The Rishonim say that not only were there not many Yidin that decided to go, but the ones that went were from a lesser 
caliber, meaning the only Yidin that went were people that had nothing going on in Bavel. So if you had no job, you had no Chavrusa, you couldn't get into Yeshiva, not a Koyal, you had absolutely nothing to do in Bavel, so you had no downside. So immediately you went up to Eretz Yisrael. But anybody that had anything to sacrifice by leaving Bavel and making Galiyah and going to Eretz Yisrael, for whatever reason, chose to remain in Bavel. This is something that appears in Gemara's many, many years later, with the great Tana, Rabbi Yechim and Reish Lakish, they had Tainas on the Yidin living in Bavel at the time, and they believed that the reason Hashem didn't perform the miracles during Bayesheni, as he had when the Yidin entered Eretz Yisrael, the first time when they built the first base of Mikdash, and the times Yishua Benun, and later Shleim HaMelech, was because there were a minority of the Yidin that had Shteltzu to the call of Kodesh, but had all the Yidin gone to Eretz Yisrael during Bayesheni, the way they did the first time they went to Eretz Yisrael, Hashem would have performed the same miracles that he performed during Bayes Rishon. Either way, the Yidin come to Eretz Yisrael and they start building the Beis HaMikdash. But the construction of the Beis HaMikdash is temporarily halted. It was halted by a different Melech, Paras Amadei at the time, a king we're all familiar with, the Melech Achashverish. In fact, the Gemara says in Masech, this Megillah, that there were a lot of comparisons between Achashverish and Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the Beis HaMikdash, Achashverish attempted to destroy the Beis HaMikdash. What Beis HaMikdash did Achashverish attempt to destroy? It's not in the Purim story. It's not in Sefer Esther. It's in Sefer Ezra. Achashverish was the king who halted the construction of the Beis HaMikdash. The rest of the story is, it's Psukim again in Sefer Ezra, it's all Chazal, that the reason he chose to do that was not because he personally had an issue with the Beis HaMikdash, but there was a very strong lobby in Shushan, in the proverbial Washington at the time, that was putting pressure on him. And who were those lobbyists? They were the ten sons of Haman. Either way, the Purim story is very much related to Bayesheni, something that we talked a lot about when we learned the Sechtas Megillah. There were a lot of hashtag rest of the story related to this. Either way, the construction of the Beis HaMikdash is temporarily halted, and it's halted for many, many years. It's not until 18 years from when they had initially began to build the Beis HaMikdash that they can now begin to build the Beis HaMikdash again and this time for real. And who was the king then? The king was Daryovish, also known as Kairish, not to be confused with the original Kairish. And who was that Daryovish or Kairish or whatever exactly his name was? Chazal say he was the son of Esther and Achashverish. Esther, Esther and Achashverish had a son. The son was Kairish, Daryovish and he was the one that ultimately gave the Yidin permission to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash. It took four years to build the Beis HaMikdash, and finally, finally, after many years of churban and of trying, the Yidin have Bayesheni. Ezra is the one that's attributed throughout Chazal as being the leader at that time when the Yidin entered Israel for the second time since Vaitan Mall and built the second Beis HaMikdash. Yeshua Benun led the Yidin entered Israel the first time. He didn't build the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't built for 440 years until Shleim HaMelech finally built it, Davin HaMelech was the architect, Shleim HaMelech was actually the one that oversaw the construction. The second base I make this is always attributed to Ezra, but there's one point that people don't realize, and that is Ezra did not build the second base HaMikdash. In fact, based on this historical outline that we just gave, when did Ezra enter Eretz Yisrael? It was a full year or so after the completion of Bayashene. So about five years from when they began building Bayesheni since Svetimol. So where was Ezra all these years? Only 42,000 Yidin went. And there was a time on Yidin. Why do you go up to Eretz Yisrael? You have an opportunity to rebuild the base of Mikdash. Why are you staying behind in Bavel? So it was Taka, a Taina. But where was Ezra? The Gemara asks that Kasha, Megillah, Daftar Zayin. And the Gemara says the reason is because Ezra Asaif is ready. Baruch Benaria was alive. And Lila Medcha, Shigdoyla, Talmateri, Yosem, Yibin, the base of Mikdash. It was more important for Ezra to stay back and learn with his Rebbe, Baruch Benaria, 
Yeshaya, rather than go up and build a base of Mikdash and be able to be mocked with Kurbanas. Either way, when Ezra did finally feel that it was time to go up to Eretz Yisrael, he realized that at this point, Babel is going to be void of Tamid Chachamim, and there's going to be potential issues that may result because of the fact that the Yudin are moving from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. Now, in hindsight, it turned out not to be so much the case. In fact, there were many, many tkufas for a thousand or so years where the Torah was actually stronger. It was more fast in Bavel than it was going to be in Eretz Yisrael. There's a Gemara that there were three times that Torah was forgotten in Eretz Yisrael and Hashem had to send someone from Bavel to go to Eretz Yisrael so that Torah wouldn't be forgotten from Klal Yisrael. There was more Torah in Bavel to a certain degree than there was in Eretz Yisrael. Hillel Abavli was one of those three people mentioned in the Gemara, but either way, Ezra had a concern. He was afraid. The Yidin are moving from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. Not everybody's going. What's going to be with the Yidin in Bavel? They're going to be left, on Atata, on Rabbeim. There could be confusion. Bad things can come. So he felt that before he goes, he better sort certain things out. And one of the things that Ezra sorted out was the Yichos of Kala Yisrael. He knew there were people that didn't have such good Yichos briefs, and they wasn't so clear. They are Kayanim, they're not Kayanim. Is he a kosher? Is he a mamzer? Is he a nosin? Is he an apostle? There was a lot of ambiguity. There was a lot of unclarity as it related to people's yichos. So before he went up to Eretz Yisrael, he did two things. Number one, he took the yidin and every single yid had to bring a yichos brief to get a clear understanding of who exactly everybody is. Asaru yuchsen. He divided them into ten groups. And anybody that he was worried maybe one day later would cause problems... He took with him from Bavel. He brought him into Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael, he wasn't worried. Eretz Yisrael, there was going to be a Sanhedrin. There was going to be a Lishka Sargazes. Any issue that would come about would be able to be reconciled by the Sanhedrin. That's going to be there at the time. But in Bavel, there he was afraid. There he wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen. And it's for that reason that Ezra takes the Asura Yuchsim with him from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. We mentioned yesterday, at the very end of the daf. This is something that repeats itself often in Shas, where Ezra's going up to Eretz Yisrael, and he calls the Yidin, he couldn't find any Levian, so we saw really there were Levian, just not Levian that were kosher to do the Avodah. These were the Levian that had witnessed Chorban by Yisrishan, the ones that didn't have thumbs or fingertips. They couldn't do the Avodah. But Ezra wasn't just looking for Levian. This was part of a, a larger plan that Ezra felt was very important. He needed the Asura Yuchsen to go with him from Babel to Eretz Yisrael. Either way, that's the historical backdrop to Perik Asura Yuchsen. So we were in the middle of going through, how do we know that when Ezra went to Bava, we had each one of these respective classes, specifically Chaloli. So how do you know that there were Chalolim living in Bavel that Ezra had to take along with him? And the Gemara said it's based on Psukim, again in Sefer Ezra, where you find that there were families that were Kayanim, but they were distanced from the Kahuna simply because they couldn't prove that they had proper yichos. We said yesterday was Nechemya. So what did Nechemya tell them? That you can go up to Eretz Yisrael, you can act as a Kayan, however, you're not allowed to eat Kodesh HaKadoshim. And from there, the Gemara said, you see that G'day L'Chazaka, Rabbi Yossi said, G'day L'Chazaka. I don't think it's a coincidence that Rabbi Yossi, who's Stam Rabbi Yossi in Shas, is Rabbi Yossi ben Chalafta. He's learning G'day L'Chazaka from history, from the story of Ezra. He's, of course, the author of the Seder Oilam. We always point this out. You see, Rabbi Yossi and history very often comes together. So, G'day L'Chazaka, how does he know? He starts telling you a whole story about Ezra. This is Rabbi Yossi L'Tameh. But either way, so from here you see G'day L'Chazaka, because these can't animal questionable. And as a result, when they're going to go up there, it's Israel, they're not going to be able to do the other, they're not going to be able to eat Kachim. But 
whatever they ate in Bavel, that they'll be able to continue to eat. Why? I it's a suffix. So if you can't eat kachim, you shouldn't be able to eat truma or anything else either. The teretz is for that. You have a chazaka. Being that they were eating truma in Bavel, they're able to eat truma in Eretz Yisrael. The shiloh that we saw was is when they came to Eretz Yisrael, where they only allowed to eat truma the rabbanon because. That's all they were able to eat in Bavel. There was no Shuma de Rais in Bavel. Or being that they were able to eat Shuma de Rabbanon, maybe they were also allowed to eat Shuma de Rais. And the Gemara said that would make Rabbi Yossi's Lashon of Gedoyle Chazaka a little more understandable, meaning you see not just Chazaka, which really is something you don't have to come out to say for Ezra for. It's something that we know throughout Shas, but you see that Gedoyle Chazaka, that if you have a Chazaka that you can eat Shuma de Rabbanon, it would even allow you to eat Shuma de Raisa. We mentioned the Ha'ara, Shuma de Raisa, Bizman Bayesheni. The Rambam Shit is, there was no Shuma de Raisa, Bizman Bayesheni. Just like there was no Shemitah and Yoival, there was no Evan Ivri, the Rambam Shit, there was no Shuma. This Gemara would seem, at first glance, I didn't get a chance to look around, but to be a Kushir Gedoyle on the Rambam, either way, we're in the middle of this cheshben. So the Gemara is saying that these yidin of questionable descent were allowed to eat either truma de rabbanon or truma de raisa, but kachim, anything beyond that, they certainly were not allowed to eat. So six lines from the bottom, the last word. It sounds like the only thing they're not allowed to eat is Kodesh HaKadoshim, but anything beyond Kodesh HaKadoshim, they're allowed to eat even Shumat Eiraisa. It's a kasha in the Mandama that says they were only allowed to eat Shumat Eiraisa because that's what they had a chazaka for. In Bavu, they were eating Shumat Eiraisa, so now they could eat Shumat Eiraisa. Here it's mashma, they could eat anything other than Kodesh HaKadoshim. It says, the Gemara Hachi Kamar, Loi midi demikri Kodesh, Loi midi demikri Kodeshim. But Nehemiah was telling them, you can act as a koi, but you can't eat, not Kodesh HaKadosh in one word. You can't eat anything that's called Kodesh. You can't eat anything that's called Kodeshim. What's that referring to? That's referring to Truma. Meaning Kodesh HaKadosh doesn't mean the holiest of holies, but what it means is Kodesh Kachim, it's two separate things. All they were able to eat was Truma de Rabbanon, according to that Mandama, because that's all they had a Chazaka for. Everything else not. So, coming full circle. Where do you see Chalolim? Because you have this, these families of Kehanim that are of questionable descent. And how does the Pasuk describe them? Vayegoyalu menakuhuna. Rashi says, Vayegoyalu is Miloshin Chalol. So the questions that we had about their Yichos wasn't, is he a Kayan or a Levi? It was more, is he a Kasher or a Kayan? Or Zichol. They knew from the father's side they were Gehanim. The Shaiva was more on the mother's side, and that's what they had to verify. Thus, you see, they were Chalol. The next two classes mentioned in the Mishnah were Geri the Charuri. So, a Ger is a convert. A Charuri is an Evaknani Mishochrim. You know, how do you know that? Amr Avchizda, the Amakrovachola, Nivdal Mitumaz, Goyeyo Oretz, Aleim. The Pasuk describes people that separated themselves from the Tumah of the Goyaretz. That's a concept of Geiris. Thus, you see, they were Geirim. Mamzerim, you know, and says the Gemara, how do you know the word Mamzerim that went from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael, together with Ezra, it's learned out from a Posik, not in Sefer Ezra, but Sefer Nechemya. Incidentally, there's a few billion Ashasis in Shas where he asks Akashan Rashi, Rashi refers to a Posik in Sefer Nechemya as Sefer Ezra. And Rabbi says that you see from Rashi, Rashi believed that Ezra Nechemya was really one Sefer. So when you learn Tanakh and these things are, are meaningful, but there are comments as Rabbi I've seen this. Ha'ara from Kivegar in different places, Rashi sometimes confuses the two. Nechemya, Ezra, Ezra, Nechemya. If you look in the actual Tanakh, it's one long Sefer, but it 
stops. You have Ezra, Peregalov, to whatever, and then Nehemiah picks up. Either way, this is in Sefer Nehemiah, Pereg, Bez, Pasuk, Yutels. The Pasuk describes over there, Vayishma Sambalat HaChoyroni, Vetuvya HaEved HaMoyni. These two people, one's name was Sambalat, the other one was Tuvya. These were both non-Jews. Viksiv, and the Pasuk says, Kriyabim Yehuda Balei that these people were men of protection, meaning the Yidin, they hunted them. They liked them. They had Balishvuloi. There were people that would take a bullet for them. Why? Because Sambala Tachirani was a son in law. Married the daughter of Mishlun ben Brachir. Now, we're talking about Sambalat and Tuvya, non Jews, and they had married Shchanya ben Erach. And Lekach ben Meshulam's daughters, these were Jews. You have non-Jews marrying Jews. So where do you get Mamzerim? Mamzer. So if the child is going to be a Mamzer, you have this intermarriage, children, Mamzerim, thus there must have been Mamzerim. But the Gemara asks a few kashas. That's all good according to the that says, But according to the that says that the Vlad is kosher, another kash, we might have a lebni, all you know is they got married. But how do you know that they were born of bias, never be strong? Maybe they never had any children. Who said that they were all of me both? Maybe they lived in Eretz Yisrael, going back to the times of Chorben Beis Hamikdash, Gedalia Ben Achikam. We're not just proving that they were Mamzerim; we're proving that Asara Yuchsin Olu Mi that Ezra had a class of Mamzerim that he took with him from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael. So the Gemara says, "You're right. You can't prove anything from here." Ella, rather Mehachva, not Nechemu Perik Beis, but rather Nechemu Perik Zayim. The pasuk says, "Ve'ela Ha'Olim Mitel Melach Tel Charsho." So again, it's talking about people that are going from Bavel up to Eretz Yisrael and they're of questionable yichos. So the Gemara darshans this pasuk. This is referring to people who behaved like the Anshe Stein, who ultimately turned into a Tel Melech, a, a pillar of salt. Gophrus Vamelech, Srefa Kolartsa. And Rashi says, the people of Stein were promiscuous, they were involved in Arias, thus they had children that were Mamzerim. So if you have people that are Doimel Tel Melech, that are going from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael, Zoisai Meres, there must have been Mamzerim. Tel Charsho, when the Pasuk describes Tel Charsho, what does that mean? Zeshikara Abavi Imoi Mishas Kosai. That's the Shtuki mentioned in the Mishnah. So that's the Makar to the Shtuki. Charsho's Milosh and Cheresh. Be quiet. The child calls his father father, his mother tells him to be quiet. When the Pasuk says that he couldn't tell who their family was, who their parents was, this is the Asufi mentioned in the Mishnah, who was literally picked up from the street. He doesn't know not only who his father is, he's worse than the Shtuki, he doesn't even know who his mother is. The Pasuk continues and says, So what does that mean? Omar Odoin. It's a play on words. Omar Odoin is referring to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. I said that the Eden should be before me like a kruv. The kruvim 
the Chayes Hakodesh. They find him like a Malach. They him some Atzmin Kenomer, and instead they behave like a, a Nomer, a leopard, which Rashi says is a promiscuous animal, He's someone that's involved in a race. Ikadami. Some say Omer Avavo, Omer Adoin, a different Josh. Hakadosh Baruch Hu said Avavishes some Atzmin Kenomer, a more positive Josh. Even though the Yidden were like a Nomer, they were promiscuous. They were Nichshol in Arayis. They have Chatas Neurim. It doesn't matter. To me, they're always going to be chashuv. Hakadosh Baruch is always going to view the yidden in a positive light with a tremendous ayin toiv. They can behave like a nomer. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, they're malachim. Omer Rabbi Bar on the topic of marrying someone you're not supposed to marry. Said Rabbi Bar anyone who marries a woman that's not hoygenes loy malol vakosav kilu choshel choloylem kuloy. It's as if you plowed the entire world. Vizore melach. And he plowed and he planted, sowed salt. Someone that gets married for money, he's going to have children that are going to be in a They're not going to be proper. Okay, so maybe they won't have the best kids, but at least they'll have money. Nope. They're going to eat for how long? Chodesh. One month. Okay, he's going to lose his money. But she will lose her money. The next, if you want to say it in yeshivish terms, that will go. But the next of the Lord, that's hers. That they'll be able to keep. And both of them are going to only be able to keep their respective chalik for a chodesh. Okay, at least they'll have their money for a certain period of time. I mean, they're going to lose it. But they'll be able to enjoy it until they lose it. No, 30 days. Literally a month in, a month out. Everything is going to be gone. That's what happens if someone is noise isha the So we'll just exhale for one moment. And that is actually one more. Somebody that marries a woman that he's not supposed to marry. Yo, Koifsoi, El Yo ties him down. Vakodesh Baruch Hu Roitsoi, and Akodesh Baruch Hu gives him Malkis. Vetan Al Kulam El Yo Koisev, Vakodesh Baruch Hu Choisem. Someone who again who marries the Isha Shen again is Loi, Akodesh Baruch Hu writes. I'm sorry, Yo writes, because Baruch Hu signs, and what do they write and sign? Uyloy the Paisal Azari, woe to this person who made his offspring Paisal, Ulu Pigames Bishpachtoi, Ula Noise, Isha Sheena again is Loi. Gra and Bira Gra says, skip the next four, four words. Anyone that says about other people that they're apostle, he himself is apostle. A person like that never says nice things about other people. And Shmuel said that someone that says someone else's apostle, not only is he apostle, but the psal that he has is the very same psal that he's projecting upon other people. So two things. First of all, we had a Gemara. Someone that marries a woman for money, that's his motivation to do this shidduch. He's going to have children. If you take a look in Rashi, it's clear from Rashi. The Rashi understood it's only if you're marrying a woman that you're not allowed to marry. So if somebody marries the Isha, someone that's puzzle, then... There's this idea having on bottom shayna But if she's an Ishak Shaira, she's a woman that you're allowed to marry, she's a nice Pesyakov girl, punked. There's money, and punked money was your motivation of not such a punk doing the shidduch. That's okay. It's tafka if she's an Isha Psula, it's only over there 
that it's going to be an issue. As it relates to the halacha, very, very confusing. The Ramah in Evan Ezra Simon Bey's Sivkotan Aleph, right in the beginning. So the Mechaber says, Lo yisa adam isha sheyesh Shouldn't marry a woman that has a psal. That's obvious. Zok the Ramah, And anyone that marries an isha psula for money, have you lambonim she'ena mehuganim. Is going to have children, she'ena mehuganim. Ava balav hachi, she'ena psula olav. And the Makar is a Chuvas Rivash, and it's based on this Rashi right here in our Sugya that this idea of nice Isha Psula Mishumaman is a bad thing. It's Dafka if she's an Isha Psula. But if she's an Isha Ksheira, it's a new, it's a moot point, there's no issue. Two lines later, the Ramah continues, and the Ramah says, Someone that got involved in a shidduch and they promised him, he's the chassan, a lot of money. And then they backed out. They were chazer. Don't stop the shidduch. Don't make your kala into an aguna and make her hold out until Yeshver is able to muster up the money that he promised. And certainly you shouldn't cause a fight over this. Somebody that does fight and somebody that does hold out, he plays hardball over some alleged nadin that he was promised. He's not going to have any yatzlacha. The zivug won't be oil yafa. This is not a bracha from the Ramah. Money that a person takes from his wife or with his wife, and all the bad things that the Gemara says about a nice Isha are going to happen to him. Anything that his or figure gives him, he should take with an eye he should smile, he should be happy, whether he is happy or isn't happy. Then I give you a bracha. That you're going to have tremendous atzlachas. You want a bracha from the Ramah? For Ozi Atzliach? Whatever your Shver and Shvig they give you, you should be happy. You should take it by him toif. It is what they promised you. It's not what they promised you. Don't cause fights. Certainly don't chepper your wife to the extent where you're putting the Shidduch on hold until they come up with the money that they promised. For Ozi Atzliach says, right, give you a bracha that your Shidduch is going to have atzlachas. Frank the Grah and Bira I don't understand how you read the first part of Ramah. To the second part of Ramah, the Ramah started off quoting the Chuvas Rivash, which is based on a Rashi in our Sugya, where Rashi said that this idea of calling Naisi Isha Lushumaman is Dafki Isha Absula. And over here you have the Ramah two lines later, starts talking about a Naisi Isha Lushumaman, not an Isha Absula, it was a regular night Shidduch of Israel, and an issue came out. People are backing out, maybe they, whatever happened, is it talking Dafki about an Isha Absula, or is the Alacha true to an Isha Ksheir as well? So the Goyen says that he doesn't understand the Ramah, it's a stereo. The first part of Ramah to the second part of Ramah is a stereo. Chalkis Machayik says, I don't hear such a stira. Meaning, there's a concept of a noise Isha Lashum moment. It can manifest itself by an Isha Psula. It can manifest itself by an Isha Ksheira. It's always true for an Isha Psula. Anytime a person marries an Isha Psula Lashum moment, even if he's the nicest, sweetest guy in the world, he has the greatest ayin toiv, he's not fighting with anybody, there's no agunas, it doesn't matter. It's a bad thing. And Havilah Banam Shedim Ugadam, like the Gemara says. It's also possible to fall into the category of a noise Isha Lashum moment when you're marrying a Isha how so if you're using it as a weapon, if you're going to cause fighting over it, you're going to cause her to be an aguna, meaning it's possible to be a nice Isha Lashon moment if she's an Isha Psula, it's possible if she's an Isha Ksheira, the parameters of when it would fall into this category of nice Isha Lashon moment differ, it varies depending on whether she's an Isha Psula or whether she's an Isha Ksheira that's how the Chalkis Mechaikik right here in the beginning of Simon Bay's reconciles this apparent contradiction from the beginning of the Ramah to it's the same Ramah, Simon Beis of Cotton Aleph, 
long Rama from the beginning to the end. But just one interesting Maramakim. This is the Orach HaShulchan. It's right here in the same place. It's Simon Bey's Ois Aleph, Sefkot and Aleph, here in Ebenezer. Ezer. One excerpt. So the Arachachulchan adds to, it's not just Lushum Momin, Lushum Yaifi as well. The point is, it's for something superficial, it's for something external, it's not for something real. If somebody marries an Ishik Shera, and his motivation is money, he's very clear. There's no ambiguities. If she didn't have money, there was another shidduch that really he would have done. Aim baze avoid. There's nothing wrong with that. The other rabbi, Roy Lassi's kate, emu Talmud Chacham. If he's a Talmud Chacham, I, I encourage it. I suggest it. The Ayudei Zelo, it's starkly as Torah Tarbe Binyane Oilam. You're a Talmud Chacham, and your objective in life is to sit and learn. So how are you going to sit and learn if you have no money? So you have two options. Either you could do a wealthy shidduch and not worry about money, or you could do a not such wealthy shidduch and worry about money. So it says the Arach HaShulchan. It's a pretty easy Answer. And he says, I've seen that's the minig by Anoshim Yesharim Likach Tamad Chacham the Bitoi, Velitain Le Momin Harbe, Ulach Zikoi, Al Shulchanoi, Kameshonim, Sheyeshe, Veyomoi, the Enlucha Mitzvah Rabba Mizeh says the Arachashulcha. From the Schwer's perspective, there isn't a greater mitzvah in the world. And not just that, I found business people at tremendous Hatzlacha because they shtitz, they halted us, Tamidich Achamim, either way, some interesting halacha regarding a noise isha l'shom mom. Zok the Gemara Vaiten. The Gemara tells us now a story on the last point that was mentioned and that is kolapoisel posel and not just that, Shmuel said, So somebody walks around telling people, you're a mamzer, you're a nasin, you're a this, you're a that. It's a sign that he himself is possible. And Shmuel said, not just that, listen carefully to what exactly he's projecting on other people. And it's that particular mum that he himself is guilty of. So the Gemara tells us a story that's going to take us through the middle of Amid Beis. Who gathered him in Ardal? There was a person who lived in Ardal. Who went to a butcher? He was standing in line at a takeout in Pumpadisa. So he tells the gentleman who's helping him, Havali Bistro, I want meat. They told him, We're middle taking care of the Gabai of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Yecheskel. That's the great Rabbi Yehuda. After we service him, he's a line. Then we'll take care of you. Omar, he said, Man Yehuda Bar Shviskel. So he said, Yehuda Bar Shviskel? His name was Yehuda Bar Yecheskel. Shviskel was derogatory. Rashi says, Shviskel's Miloshin Gargaron, the fressers, the gluttons. Meaning, he was suggesting, this, this great Rav Yehuda Bar Yecheskel, he needs his food so fast. I want food. You have to take care of him. He must be Bar Shviskel. It was something derogatory. He needs the food as Azaf Fresser. So the Gemara says, the Shokhamin Kamoi, who's going before me, Azu Amalei the Rabbi Yehuda. So they went back and they told Rabbi Yehuda what happened. That this Yid from Naharda made Chesek of him and he called him not Yehuda Bar Yecheskel, but Yehuda Bar Shviskel. So the Gemara says, Shamte, he put this Yid into Cherem. Amru, then they told him, Rogo the Kari Inchi Abdi, you know, this person, he walks around calling people Evet. Achriz Aless. Rabbi Yehuda said, Really? So Yehuda announced that Avduhu, that he himself is an Evet, based on this Gemara that we just learned, more about this in Amit Beis. Yid wasn't happy that all of a sudden people are spreading rumors that he's an Evet, it was causing him problems. So he went to Rav Nachman, 
Ovedin I see Piskadas Mon. So Rav Nachman gave him a letter, and he was Mazmin Rav Yehuda to come in front of him for Din Torah. Also, Rav Yehuda looked at Rav Huna. So first, Rav Yehuda went to Rav Huna, not to Rav Nachman. He went to Rav Huna. Amalei Ezel or Loyesel. Rav Nachman was just Mazmin me. I got a Hazmona to appear in his court. Should I go or should I not go? Amalei Mezel or Mibayil Lechem Mezel. If you don't want to go, you don't have to. Mishum to Gavir Rabba because you're very chosh. Ella Mishum to Kardim Benesia Kumzel. I would suggest you do because Rav Nachman, in addition to being a big Rav, a Paisik, he was also a son-in-law by the Nasi. There was no Nasi in Bavel. The Reish Galusa, that was the equivalent thereof in Bavel. So he was of a very chosh of social status. Because he's an Aden by the Nasi, my recommendation is go. Says the Gemara, also he went, so he goes to Rav Nachman, and he sees Rav Nachman's building a Makkah. He's building a fence. Mitzvah the Torah. Are you not of the opinion of what Rav Unabar Edi said in the name of Shmuel? And once a person gets a shteller, he's a parnas al atzibur, he's not a malacha, thank you, in front of three people. Amalesa, he told him that, purta de gunderisa hu de That's a very small maka, gunderisa is a fence. I'm making a very small fence. So Amalesa, you that tells Rav Nachman, gunderisa, why are you using such a funny lotion, funny term to describe a fence? Misanya, do you have a problem with the word maka, the chsiv bayraisa, that's mentioned in the Torah? Oy mechitza, or the word mechitza, dam rabbanon, which is mentioned throughout Mishnah, Amalesa. So he said, okay. He said, Do you want to sit down on a carpita, on a bench? Why are you using this word carpita? Is there something wrong with the word safsal? Or very least, it's the, that's a word that people use. He said, okay. Do you want to eat? You get the gist of it. Anyone who uses the word asrugna, it's a sign of gaiva. Me is speaking some highfalutin vernacular. Red English, red Viamench. Oy Estric Rabbanon. Or is there something wrong with the word Estric? Oy Estrugadami Inchi. Amalei Lishti Mar Angava. He says, okay, would you like to have Angava? Coffee? No. Angava. So what's Angava? So this was some breakfast, some oatmeal of some sort that had beer and wine in it. Everything had beer and wine in it back in the day. The Gemara talks about this in the Sechnes Brachas. So Amalei so he told him, do you mean Espargus, the Kariu Rabbanon, Oy Anpaki, the Amri Inchi? The kitzer is wasn't going well. Amalei told him, "Tasi doinag tashkinon." I'm going to call my daughter doinag, and she's going to give me let let her give us something to drink. Amalei hachiyam ashmul shmul said, "Emish tabshon isha ktana, emish tabshon isha." You're not allowed to use an isha to serve you. So I don't want your daughter to serve me. So he said, "Ktana." He rabnachmet told Rabbi Yehuda, "No, it's fine. She's a ktana." But Rav Yehuda responded, "B'feirish al mashmul emish nam shiri shaklal ben gedayla ben knana neshadim mar neshlom yalta." So Rav Nachman said, "I mean, every conversation that he began wasn't going well." So Rav Nachman tells Rav Yehuda, "Should I send regards to my wife Yalta?" Amalei says, "Of course not." Hachi al mashmul kol biisha erva. Don't say shalom because she's going to come back to say aleichem shalom, and I can't listen to her kail because kol biisha erva. If we have some time, we'll talk about this a little bit. He said, "Efshay de shliach." No, we can do it. Aleichem shliach. Amalei hachem mashmul ain't shalom b'shlem yishay de bayla ain't shalom b'shlem he said, that doesn't either work. You can't give Shalom Aleichem to Yalta. Either way, Yalta, Rav Nachman's wife, his famous wife, was overhearing this conversation. And she saw that Rav Yehuda was getting the better of Rav Nachman in every conversation that they try to have. So So Yalta sends Rav Nachman, just whatever Rav Yehuda wants, just take care of it already. He's treating you like an Amoritz. So then got to the main point. This is why you're here. What do you mean? You sent me a Hasmona. I can't even speak your language. You're so much more hush than me. 
pretty clear from this previous conversation. Why in the world do you think that I would have ever been Mazmanu to Dintaira? So the Gemara says, Apik Listen, I'm not sure, but here's the Hasmana. He showed it to him. He showed him the Hasmana they had. He says, You hear already? Let's find out what exactly happened. Meaning at this point, if I don't hear you out, and we don't follow through with this entire people are going to say, oh, the Rabbanon, they can't each other. No, so let's hear, what's going on? So I understand, you put this year in Cherem, he was upset, and that's why I was Mazm Yulun in Tyre. Why, Rav Yehuda, did you put this year in Cherem? So he told him, He said, because he was Mitzayer, my Gabai was in the butcher shop, and he referred to him as the Gabai of Yehuda Bar Shviskel. Incidentally, you see, he wasn't worried about his own COVID. He was worried about his Gabai's COVID. He said he was Mavaza, my Gabai. He was a Mezalzabot, Tamid Chachomim. He's Chayiv Nido. He's one of the 24 people that are supposed to be put into Nidoi. So Nachman said, I disagree. I think he gave him the wrong punishment. V'nagde Mar, why did instead you instead give him Malkus, the Rab Man, because didn't Rab always give Malkus? Not Shamti gave Malkus for someone that was Mitzar Talmud Chacham. So he told him, I think that Shamta Cherem is worse than Malkus, so I picked the I picked the worst of the two punishments. My time, Achris Maralel Davdos. Then he asked him, why do you spread a rumor that he's an Evet Amalese. He told him, the Ruggle, the Kari, Inchi, Avdi. Because I understand he walks around saying that other people are Avodim. But to me, and we learn, So he walks around calling everybody an Evet. It's a sign that he must be an Evet as well. Incidentally, why is it Kala Paisel, Bimumai Paisel? So Pasha, it's like some site, some subconscious psychoanalytical idea that if you walk around, you're projecting what you have on other people. But I saw brought down Bashem, the Heilige Ketishas Levi, the Bardichava. He said a different idea, which to me sounds a lot like the law of attraction. He said, if you walk around all day thinking about Evid, 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 it's a little harder to understand with Evid, but you're speaking negatively about someone, eventually that negativity is somehow going to find itself to you. Hashtag negative energy. Anyways, Amar. See, told him back to Amar Shmuel Lamechishlei. So Shmuel said, I get it. But does that mean he's like Mamish and Evet? He has to divorce his wife, his kids can't do Shaduchim. It means you have to be chayish. You can't just make a hachroza. Says the Gemara. As they're having this conversation, this Baldin walks in. He must have been there because he probably couldn't oversee this entire without the Baldin being there. Mm-hmm. You call me an Evet. You know where I come from? I come from the Chashmeinoyim. I come from kings. Anyone who says that he comes from the Chashmeinoyim, it's a sign that he's Amalei. It's very nice that you just pulled out this halacha. That anyone that says he comes from the Chashmeinoyim, it's a sign that he's an Evid. But Rav once said, very practically, and then he backs it up with a Maisa. So at first we knew the Maisa, and then he said the halach and kai the Maisa amra shaymuloi in lavin shaymuloi. You can't pull out the Maisa after you say the halacha because then maybe you're just making up the story. He says no, this is an old story. Everybody knows that anyone that claims to be a descendant from the Chashminar, it's a sign that he's really an Evid. Rav Masna already said it. Says the Gemara. Rav Masna For 13 years, Rav Masna wasn't in Nahardot. It's been 13 years since the last time he visited Nahardot. Punk that day. 
Rav, Nas, Rav Nasno was in Arda. Oh, and he came to visit the great Rav Nachman. Oh, my my Shmuel, tell me. Do you remember what Shmuel said? When he had one foot on the side of the river, the other side, foot standing on a bridge. I'm like, of course I remember what Shmuel said. It's a sign that he's inevitable. Because Hordis, and no time for this this morning, killed all of the family of the Chashminah. He left over one girl. She went to the roof and she yelled at and she said, I'm the last remaining descendant of the Chashminah, meaning anyone that's going to step forward one day and claim he's from, he means he's from Hordis, who was an Evid to the Chashminah. Either way, she jumped off the roof and she killed himself, says the Gemara. Ultimately, it turned out that what Rav Yehuda had spread about this Yid was really true. And Ahu Yoyma Karen, Kamuk Subasr and Arda, they tore up many Ksubas in Arda because there were a lot of people that thought they were of kosher descent that suddenly realized that really they weren't. Kikonothik, as Rav Nachman was leaving town, nothing got basrayed. People started chasing the Mirgame. They weren't happy. A lot of people's lives were just uh, thrown a curveball. Amaluhus, he told them, Ishti, Gushtiku, if you're going to be quiet, People in Aharda, that's fine. I'm going to be Megal or something else. The two families in Aharda. One's called a family of Ben Yoyna is a kosher bird. An Oyrev is a non kosher bird. The Ben family is a kosher family. The Oyrev family has in it Yichos of questionable. Issues, descent, says the Gemara, they heard that, they were f- afraid, they were threatened by what Rabbi Yehuda told them, so they took the rocks that they were chasing Rabbi Yehuda with, they threw it into the river, there were so many rocks that fell into the river, they were chasing it with so many rocks that the river stopped flowing, that's how much turmoil this all caused. But either way, talking really fast, but we'll conclude with one ha'ara, and that is, we had on the bottom, Kobi Isha Erva. So Rav Nachman says, should I call my wife Yalta? And should I tell him that Rav Yehuda, the Shiks agrees? He says, no, because she's going to respond. She's going to say, Aleichem Shalom. I can't hear her voice. Call Bisha Erva. Now, at first glance, call Bisha Erva means that you're not supposed to hear a woman sing. You can't hear a woman talk. That's already a real chumrah. Call Bisha Erva. So some say that Vice Lays when back in the day in Bavl, in Ahardah, the meaning was, you didn't just say Shalom Aleichem. You're saying Shalom Aleichem, Zing another Zugin. He used to say, Zugin's Vihayid, like a match. So he was afraid that Yalta was going to come back and sing Aleichem Shalom. Thus, it would have been called Bi'isha Erva. But I'll just tell you one very interesting aura on this topic. Number one, the Machado brings the Salach of Kol Bi'isha Erva. It's brought down in Hilchas Kriyishma. It's in Simen Ayin Heis of Cotton Gimel. Yesh Lizar Mishmias Koel Zemer Isha. So when the Mechaber brings the Allah, it sounds like it's not in an absolute sense that you're never allowed to hear a woman sing. When you're saying, so you can't be in the presence of Erva, then call Bisha Erva. But it sounds a little bit like it wouldn't be an issue. Stating that, if you look at the Mishabru, the Mishabru says we're talking about a woman that's not an Erva. An Isha Pnuya, who's also not a Nida. She doesn't fit into any of the Arias that we read about in the last two parshias. But if she's an erva, she's an eshazish, or she's an ida, or some other erva, so then, avada kol isha erva, afilu shaloi bishas kriyishma. As it relates to some of the halacha lamaisas, if you take a look at the side of the Dershon Vishabrura, so it's all there. One of the interesting shilas is, can you listen to a woman sing, number one, that you don't know, and number two, on a radio, or on a 
recording of some sort. Is that fall into the category of Kol Bisha Erva, or does it not? So it's interesting. If you look at the side of the dish, the Mishabura, it seems very clear that it's Aser. They bring it for a Yashiv and for a Vozner, and they bring all the Machmir. My son, the Sha'ar Metziyanim Bahalacha on Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, it's in Chelek Aleph, Simon Hayes of Kutnir Dalit. If you want to look it up, he brings a lot of Makilim. They don't bring it on the side of the dish, the Mishabura, but he does bring it there. Either way, that's definitely a, a tumul. One fascinating. Ha'ara that I saw on this topic, I was looking around a little bit last night, and I saw from Rabbi Vadya Yosef in his Yechavadas, he says, the context over there is a woman that had a nest performed to her. Could she walk into Beis Medrash, and could she bench Hagoyimol? Is she allowed to bench Hagoyimol, or is she not allowed to bench Hagoyimol? So the short answer is, of course not. But he's discussing it over there. Maybe she could. What's the big deal? So one of the far as he says, is a woman's going to walk into Beis Medrash. It's princess. It's going to bring the here. It's a very bad thing. But he says that his suffix is based on something that that he saw from Maron Hachida in a Sefer Rosh Dovin and in a Sefer Mara Science. This is something the Chida writes twice in two of his farm. He says as follows The Zesha Amr calls Zemesh al Isha Erva. If you're in a place where there's an Emes of the Shechina, you're in a Mokim of Kedusha, in front of an Arnkodesh, over there you don't have to worry about Kol Bi'isha Erva. And he shells Su to this, a Dover Nifla. He shells Su that there's a Gemara in the Sech, this Megillah, Dav Chav Gimel Amad Aleph. The Gemara over there says, Ton Rabban, I call oil on the Minyan Shiva, Va'afilu Katan, Va'afilu Isha. Avalu Amru Chachamim, Isha Laitik Abedaira. That's the Brisa. So it sounds like really a woman should be kosher to have an aliyah. Avalamru Chachamin, not. Says Rabbi Yaakov Emdin, I'll tell you, read this Brisa. Really, a woman could. Amru Chachamin, not. So where's Negeya that really a woman could? It's Negeya if you need her to go up and to be Eulah Latayra, which back in the day didn't just mean Baruch Hashem Amvayrach, it meant you're going to better be prepared. You're going to have to lay in that portion of the Torah. A woman with the Evit can read the portion of the Torah. Freight, Rabbi Vadya. When you're about Kaira and you land, you don't just say the Kriya Satayra, you sing the Kriya Satayra. Called Isha Erva. What's the Havami to that a woman? And he says, I'll ask you the Kasha differently. It's brought down in Shulchan Aruch. It's in Simon Reish Pebez. The Machaber says a woman is not allowed to read from the Sefer Torah. Why? Mishum Kavarat Zibur. Mishum Kavarat Zibur, typically, called Bi'isha Erva. He says, maybe it's a right to the Chita. That is not going to be an issue of Kol Bi'isha Erva because it's Bemokim, Amos of the Shechina. This is reminiscent of uh, Mincha Salaza that we've spoken at a few times in the past that Bemokim Amikdash, there was no issues of Herurim based on something that the Arizal said. And just to conclude, he brings over here, obviously, like all of Rabbi Vadya's Torah, it's Molei V'Godesh Mara but he brings one Mara from a Kadman, from the Bala Itor. Bala Itor is discussing Noshim that are Chayiv and Mikra Megillah. We all know Tesfis Megillah, Daftalim and Aleph brings from the Baha'i. Did even a woman a Mechuyiv in Mikra Megillah, Shafin Hoi Baisanes, but a woman can't be Moitzi a man with Mikra Megillah. All the raid, Afin Hoi Baisanes, Shagasaya, the Bitskarov, etc., etc. Says the Bala Itor, you know why a woman can't be Moitzi a man? Kolbi Sha'erva. How's she going to read the Megillah? You read the Megillah, there's the Nigun, the Piskei Ta'amim, it's an integral part of Mikra Megillah, you're going to run into a problem of Kolbi Sha'erva.